Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. We back at you one more again, live, not on a Thursday. We here on the weekend, the freaking weekend, special bonus episode, Saturday night episode. Going down tonight, it's going to be a blast on the cast. We got the homie Justin from Stone Age Ball Pythons. We're going to chat with him in just a second with another special guest as well. So make sure you stay tuned to check this out. But first and foremost, Shout out to my lovely wife, Takar. Appreciate everything you do. Y'all make sure y'all show some love in the comments. And don't stop there. Make sure to show the channel some love as well. Hit that like button. If you haven't already subscribed, definitely hit that subscribe button. And everybody, make sure you hook smash that notification bell so you can get notifications each and every time we drop a video here on the channel. Shout out to the audio-only gang. Audio-only recordings of Clutch Conversations are available on all major podcasting platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. When you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform, please be sure to follow, rate, and review. It really helps us out. We really appreciate the support. Speaking of support, if you're involved in this reptile hobby in any shape, form, or fashion, make sure you're supporting USARC and USARC Florida. The links for both organizations are in the description of this video. If you're not a member, definitely go grab your membership. If you're able to donate, donate what you can. Be sure to spread the word about both these organizations to help protect our rights as reptile keepers. So tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Speaking of tell a friend, make sure you tell a friend about the sponsors, man. We're going to kick this sponsor video. Check out the homie Shane and the homie Justin. Then we're going to be right back and say what's up with some folks in the chat. Big dreams start in small towns. Small Town Exotics is a family-ran business that specializes in high-quality ball python morphs, western hog noses, and select leopard geckos. They are proud members of USARC, USARC Florida, and the Orient Society. Stay connected with Small Town Exotics on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Witness their journey as they grow their business and showcase their animals to the world. Thank you, Small Town Exotics, for sponsoring the show. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to the homie Shane. Shout out to the homie Justin. Man, y'all make sure y'all go check them out. Both of them got some dope productions. Let's see who we got in the chat tonight. First in the building, the homie Big Row. What's good? Row 5.0. Thanks for coming out, bro. Thanks for the support. Morph Master J. Johnny, what's good, bro? Appreciate you coming out. The homie Malacio, Wiz Constrictors in the building. 
again. What's good, homie? Shout out to the Wiz Tang Clan. Y'all make sure after this show, you hightail it over there and check out Sophisticated Ignorance tonight because it's going to be a blast. Eric's more factory. What's good? Appreciate you coming out, homie. What's good? What's good, Nana D? Appreciate you coming out. Osa Reptiles in the building. Appreciate you coming out. Krista, what's good? Appreciate you coming out. Jason, what's good, homie? Appreciate you coming out. Appreciate the support. Rob, what's up? What's up? Appreciate you coming out, homie. Appreciate the support. Wifey, what's good? We're going to stop it right there. We're going to keep the intro and we'll be right back. you listen to me i got that flavor i know you're dying to feed i ain't no dancer just got some hip in my feet now throw your hands up Ooh, you bring the lighter i got the fuse you make a fire i'll add the fuel follow my lead just watch your shoes Episode 94, Stone Age Ball Pythons. What's good, homie? How's it going? Yeah, what's up, Mike? What's up? What's up? What's up? So we got a homie Justin in the building, and we got Wayne from Q-Ball Morse. What's good, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, 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 man. How's y'all day been going so far? Pretty busy. Hectic, for sure. <laughs> yeah, here y'all getting ready to have a party. Yeah, birthday party for my son. Nice, nice, nice. How old is he? Turning five. Turning five? Okay, okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Justin, man. So it's been good chatting with y'all week, man. Definitely wanting to get you on the show, man. Congratulations um, on being on 15 Minutes of Lane. And I said you've been dropping a lot of videos and reels and stuff and, and, and all that. So, man, talk about that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I've been uh, – at first, I really did, I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I – try make my own original content or should I just like my viral Instagram page. <clears throat> that's kind of my stick is to put, um, put my face on videos, not so much interacting. It's normally just, uh, like just my face and my, and my facial reactions to whatever I'm watching. Um, so I, that's, that's why I thought to incorporate that since I'm known for that already. I thought maybe that would work out in the competition for me. Um, it did a little bit, uh, but I think the, what's the right word for it? Like the, the, the jazz of it is kind of fading. So I started, well, I was listening to a couple of the podcasts, the guy running it, um, Sanks and the Fat Man. And he mentioned saying like, ah, he's got to start doing some original content if he wants to, wants a chance. And I really do want to win this. So it's like, I'm willing to do whatever. Like I just posted a, a reel today of me dancing i'm like that's not me man like <laughs> i'm not i'm not a dancer but 
I thought it would be shock and awe if my big ass uh, dancing on to some music. So, <laughs> so to I saw you backstage dancing um, when the Armless Angels when the Armless Angels commercial was on. I saw you getting jiggy with it back there. I love so. I think I, I think I told you this. I I listen to your podcast every week, and I and I know the song, and it's just super catchy. So I'm just like, even at work, <laughs> I have my AirPod or my uh, my Beats uh, AirPod things, and I'll just be dancing to it at work whenever whenever your podcast starts, and people are like, "What are you doing, bro?" <laughs> catchy. <laughs> yeah, you got to post. You got to post more dancing videos. <laughs> and that's and Instagram is pretty public, so it's pushing me out of my shell to to be competitive in this. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I want to uh, kind of just touch on, uh, so how long have you been into Reptiles? Um, so, I mean, we can go all the way back to when I was like seven or eight, had my first iguana. Um, oh, wow. That's, that's pretty early. For yeah, that's when, that's when the, I mean, that's maybe not when the addiction started, but I had an iguana for uh, growing up and, um, once I was an adult and I wasn't living at my parents, this was when I really got in it. At about I think I was twenty or twenty or twenty-one uh, when I got my first two ball pythons from a coworker. Twenty or you know? twenty-one. Yeah, so I was twenty or twenty-one. I bought my first two normals in like two thousand ten, I want to say. Um, and my coworker, he was uh, he was a breeder in two thousand ten. He had two hundred. 200 ball pythons at the time and he oh, just wow. kind of showed me his his cool stuff like oh this is yellow belly i got some head clown stuff and he just kind of explained to me like yeah i can make i can make whatever i want like i just got to put these snakes together and, and that's when it started to like triggered in my mind like dang this could be this could be a fun project or a fun hobby and i just started raising those first two and uh eventually talked to my girlfriend at times my wife uh, ashley into letting me get more and i got up to about i want to say about 17 animals in 2013 um but so i bred for 2013 and uh long story short i got um my great grandparents uh passed away and they sold the quadplex that i was living in and the new people are like, uh, here's your 60 day notice. See you later. Um, so I, my buddy who got me into it was willing to take my collection of snakes. And so he took the snakes and I was living in one bedroom apartments. So I was doing my electrical apprenticeship program. I just went in a place to like focus on breeding. Um, yeah. So 2000, 2013 was, I, I, I produced uh, three clutches. That was the first. So what what were those pairings back then? Uh, so the so the the first clutch I got was a black pastel spider to a black pastel. I was trying to go for the super blacks. Okay. I've always I've always had a thing for the dark jeans and ball pythons. It's always been my favorite. Dark jeans and pies. Yeah, I love dark jeans. Yep. Yeah, I have some some a little bit cooler stuff now, but yeah. Yeah, I got two uh, pair of black Levi's. Black Levi's? <laughs> oh, <blue>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so uh, so black pastel to you say a spider? 
Uh, black, uh, so a black pastel doing a black pastel spider. Black yeah. pastel, the black pastel spider. Okay, and what else? And then I got a clutch from a caramel albino uh, bred to a black pastel spider. So it was a caramel albino female uh, bred to a black pastel spider. I got six six eggs from that. Okay, okay. Nice. And then nice. the other one I want to say was like a less, lesser clutch, pastel lesser or something like that. Did you hit anything that you were trying to hit? Uh, definitely. Um, so I, I did hit the super blacks, um, but they, it did, it wasn't a good super black clutch. Everything was duck billed and kinked and, gotcha. uh, pretty, and ever, ever since then, I, I vowed that I won't do black pastel, the black pastel. It's just maybe black pastel, the cinnamon go that route, but yeah, I don't want to ever have to deal with, uh, calling a clutch of kinked duck billed. It's, it's pretty much hit or miss, like with black pastel to black pastel, right? Like in terms of like whether or not there's going to be like a lot of kinking and whatnot. Yeah, that's my understanding. It's uh, just, yeah, hit or miss, man. You got to roll the dice and it's just yeah. not worth it. Gotcha. And so uh, what what was next after that? Like after those three clutches, like what was like keeping like, have you been in it this whole time since like that no. 2012, 2013? Okay, you got out. Yeah, so I, uh, 2013, I... Uh, so like I was saying, I got uh, the place I was living where I could actually keep them. I got 60 day notice to move out when my family sold the property. Um, so they all my snakes went to my buddy's house and he kept them pretty much the whole time I was in my electrician's apprenticeship program. And then 2019, I want to say like July 2019 is when I uh, bought a house and I built a really 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 small reptile room it's like 58 inches wide by like 12 feet long i built that and i started with uh 12 of my original snakes and okay. i've just been um i started out like 19 like i didn't have a i didn't have a ton of money coming into coming into it so it was really breeding like finding finding the craigslist snakes and breeding like pet stuff and i I, that was how I started my uh, coming back to it. And then um, as I started looking into stuff, I, I started realizing the, like where where everything had come in the last five years. And it's like, man, I, if, if I want to do this right, I got to do solely focus on recessives, long-term projects. And I'm like, I'm in a place, I'm stable, like wife, kids, house, good job. Like, I'm good. Like, um, so that's why I'm like started focused on long-term projects. Like uh, uh, clown pied is my my favorite for sure. So clown pied, by, nice. Yep. I saw that. I, uh, what'd you hit a uh, inchy pin clown pod? Yeah, it's uh. So I hit two, two So I hit two, three clown pieds in that clutch, but it was a split clutch. Um, I ended up getting uh, pastel inchy pin clown pied, and then a pastel mm -hmm. leopard pin clown pied. Okay. I mean, okay. theoretical, like my best judgment, like best guess at it. That I, I sent it to people who produce similar stuff and they agreed with my identifications. But I'm keeping them there. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started like changing your mindset in terms of like how you were going to work your project and stuff, did you start like kind of offloading some of the animals you had brought back in or you still got some of those? How's that look like? So in the beginning, I kept everything because I I couldn't keep snakes on 
in the rack, baby snakes in the rack long enough before they sold. So I literally, I kept everything and then, then I added stuff. So I started adding uh, double head clown pides who are all to wait now and breeding this season. Um, I added pides, I added clowns. Um, I did side, <laughs> I did side work and uh, electrical work for trading snakes to other breeders. And I kind of built my collection that way. And so I got my group of clown pied females growing and then I bought my clown pied male. Gotcha. So uh, what are your thoughts on the clown pied project? Like, I know you like it. Obviously you're working it and you just said you liked it a lot, but in terms of like what's next, like in the clown pied project or even maybe throwing another recessive on there, like DG or something like that. Like, what are your thoughts on like where to take that and kind of how to like tap into some more potential of the pie? Cause like a lot of people, um, when they talk about pie, they say, oh, it's it's limited with what you can do. And so obviously there are some limitations, but like, what are your thoughts on kind of how to like tap into that pie of power? So my thoughts, um, so I have another group of females that I used. So you remember my Instagram page when it kind of blew up? And yeah, when we were doing like the video reactions and stuff. Yeah. You so, got like 384 million followers on that one. <laughs> yeah, <something. laughs> But so that the reason I did that is because I was monetized and I wasn't making any money off of the content that I was putting up. I was making, I mean, I had good months. I made two grand one month, but it was mainly oh, like, nice. like a hundred bucks, 150, 300 bucks. And I was like, and it was slowly going down and down and down. Uh, so December of 22 is when I started doing those reaction reels and I got like four or 6 million views in the first three days that I was doing those. And uh, I just was like, "Whoa, this is this taking off. I'm going to I'm going to ride this train. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing three or four or five reaction videos a day and uh, I made really, really good money um, the first three months of 23 off those reels uh, before the bonus program, um, before they just axed the whole program. <laughs> so there's no more money for nobody <laughs> when they make their reels. It's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that sucks. You think yeah. it's they were losing money on it or something like that? I'm sure. You know, like why else would they get rid of it? They're like, ah, oh, we can't afford to give the these little peons any more money. <laughs> why do you think those? Because like I've noticed, like the reaction reels are popular. Like there was like that one kid from like overseas that like he's like a multi-millionaire from the reaction videos. Like why do you think those reaction videos are so popular with with folks on social media? I, I don't know, man really don't like people people have nothing else to do but sit on it you know <laughs> watch people do foolish stuff yeah. <laughs> pretty much i don't know i don't know what else to tell you i it just i tried it it worked and i ran with it but hey. so i i and it, it 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 filled my pockets good man but um i took all that money and i i reinvested into other projects um and I paid for trips to like, uh, I went to Arlington, like this guy went to Arlington with me. Um, we went with two other breeders from the Pacific Northwest, Oregon Exotic Balls and Rip City Reptiles, both really good dudes. Yeah, we just went to Tenley, uh, all, all of us as a group with our wives. Nice. Um, we spent days there doing like sightseeing stuff. We've never, I've never been, that's the first East I've ever been. So did you all uh, meet through reptiles or did you know each other before? All through reptiles, all through some reptiles. Of, and are met through reptiles. So it's been the <laughs> craziest thing. Yeah. Nice. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's dope, man. You meet like a lot of cool people like in this industry, hobby, like however you want to think about it. But you meet like a lot of really good people. Absolutely. I know I have personally. Yeah. Bro, just just from this, uh, the 15 minutes of lame competition, I've already met a bunch of cool people that I'd never talked to before. So it's like just in that aspect, it's worth it. Are you talking about like other other folks other- that were on the show or are you talking about just like people in general? Oh, just the other contestants, just talking to them, labs, um, stuff like that. So I noticed you've been like, st- uh, like taking some folks' videos and like obviously like superimposing your face on it. Like, do you like reach out to them first, um, before you do it, or do you just kind of like do it and tag them and say it's on you? I just do it and tag them, man. Have <laughs> <laughs> Have you had anybody uh, push back on you? You got to name names. No, no, nobody. Everybody's been super cool about it. I mean, That's what's I don't up. think taking it like serious or they're getting mad at people. Like I'm, I'm not like I'm not treating. I'm like I'm treating it seriously, but I'm not treating it where I'm trying to like make enemies or whatever. I'd rather make friends with all these people. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, uh, since we're on the uh, fifteen minutes of of lane, um, so how did you end up being on fifteen minutes of lane? Like, how did that kind of like work out for you? Um, so I just have been started listening to Chris's podcast, like, uh, right after Arlington 22, I kind of started listening to it and, um, and it kind of blew right into the last year's competition with everybody. And I followed it every day and I was really interested and I, I, I saw it as like awesome, uh, exposure for like, for, for the companies that were competing in it. Like, like Leviathan Stakes now is like a uh household name you know because they did it and i mean i think that at least maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong but um i i would just thought it'd always be good exposure and i i've done chris's zoom calls and i i messaged him a little bit and then um out of nowhere he uh offered it he's like you want to be on 15 minutes lane i'm like heck yeah i'll do it <laughs> listen to it all every uh i listen to every episode he puts out either way yeah, he's got a really good podcast. Um, that was like one of the first podcasts that I started, uh, Reptile podcast that I started listening to like early on. Right. Yeah, I think like the first ones that I saw were like when he was doing like uh, what do you call? I can't remember, but anyway, like it was like a a Britney Gobble episode, a uh, Justin episode, leveling up. That's what it was called. And so like I kind of like listen, follow like that whole series. I think it was like maybe five episodes altogether. And so, like, that's, like I said, it was one of the first ones that I started listening to. Really good podcast. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, getting your name out there, getting some exposure, like, it's it's a win-win. Like, even if you don't win the actual contest, like, I feel like you'll, you'll benefit just from participating in more people, like, knowing your name, like, seeing it every time. Because like, even when folks go in and vote, right, like, all the contestants are listed there. And so, like, they're seeing those same people. If they go in, if they go in every day and vote, they're seeing those same people, like, every day you see those names. So, it's definitely a good exposure. So yeah, you got really anything? Um, obviously you probably don't want to spill the beans on some stuff, but do you got anything special coming out in terms of like campaigning? Like you planning to do like some more collaborations, some stuff like that? Oh yeah, no, I definitely have collaboration planned with um, with Paul Large Marge Morphs. Uh, Keys hasn't really been um, uh, campaigning, but he's down to do a, a collab with me. I think that one's gonna be gonna be yeah, a really good one. Oh, man, no doubt. 
Um, I have a couple of other collabs. Um, I'll just kind of keep keep in my pocket, okay. <laughs> but I think really good and and uh, really well received for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be dope, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Did you watch um, uh, the uh, documentary? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was real dope. Like, yeah, I like, was super. I haven't talked. I wanted. I wanted to be like. I wanted to like message, but like, hey man, that shit's really good. Like, really professional. I was really impressed with it. But I'm like, they're the judges. I'm not trying to be acting like a brown nose. Or like, maybe after the competition, I'll tell them. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But no, nah, I mean, it's legit, man. Like, it would be genuine feedback because it's really good it's really dope like the cinematography just like the layout the transitions the music like it's just a lot of really dope stuff that they have in it like great interviews great questions like just just start to finish like especially for it being the first one and i don't say like discount anything or anything like that or like make any kind of excuses like it's like it's like one of the best documentaries I've seen. And that's the first one. So just like, imagine like we were talking about it the other night, but imagine like five, 10 documentaries down the road, like it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Once they refine and skills like completely. Yeah. It's just going to get better and better. Yeah. That was insane. So yeah. Kudos to them. Kudos to them. So you're going to drop a documentary next year, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have time to, to fly all over the country nor, nor the money to fly all around the country and do that yeah right now i got i got three kids work 40 50 hours a week like got things to take care of yeah life I life. i'll put i'll redo a reaction video to their documentary for an hour and 20. <laughs> i can handle that it's on like, no. it's on. <laughs> so so real quick let's touch on a little bit so talk about how how y'all kind of like met through the hobby and and, and whatnot oh sure uh, all right um i had heard about um this guy in salem who had a dope collection <laughs> and i just randomly hit him up and i was like hey man i uh do you want to do any uh any projects like this is what i have and um I guess which which ones which ones stood out to you? Well, I well, we so I wanted to do. He had a uh, he has a uh, sable clown and the uh, stranger sable clown hasn't been made. So oh nice. So I was like, when that's that's try for a dark, you know, sable, you know, stranger clown. So that's what we're working on right now is to. And they'll be, you know, pastel and, and butter and, you know, other things in it. But, you know, uh, you know, I ain't seen one yet. He hasn't seen one yet. So, you know, I haven't seen one either. Yeah, that's that's make it, man. You know, I feel like that's, Sable's one of those sleeper jeans, too. Like, I haven't I, seen any Sable. I'm sorry. I, I love Sable. I made the first Sable puzzle this year, you know. Oh, um, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen any Sable combos that I didn't like. Yeah, me neither. So, you know, so I, I made I made world's first, you know, that and then I ended up selling it, you know, because I could make it again. You know, so it wasn't a big deal. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, you keep what you want to keep, you know, you get rid of what you want to get rid of. And, and, it's, and it's just like, you know, you, you know, if you can make it again instantly, you know, the same year, why not get rid of it? You know, that's how I feel. 
especially when it's something that you know i already really have in, in both sides so it's like you know um it was a no-brainer i got you know i i invested in something much better to put in you know when, when i sold it so it was it worked for us both pretty much yeah yeah 100 percent. what pro well i guess let me back up let me because i'm getting ahead of myself how long have you been um green ball pythons so you know um i started back in 2002. oh wow um, so old school yeah old school you know I, I knew some of the older guys um you know and uh i was one of the first people out there that had a pewter and a black pastel and those things were like 10k you know and all that back in the day um but at the same time i was usda licensed and we uh bred um you know exotic animals like monkeys and wallabies and mundies and and all that other stuff so well our our hands were pretty um deep into all kinds of animals so my collection back then wasn't too big i think i had a total of probably you know um 30 snakes back then and uh anyhow when we decided to have children um we kind of got rid of everything um so in 2000 i want to say it was 2008 is when uh we we got rid of everything and uh then my uh my son quentin so the reason i'm cue ball morphs is because i named it after quentin you know cue ball i i call him q um so anyway he came to me when he was um six years old and was um like hey dad can we do a uh, breeding project for school and it floored me because we never really told him that we did snakes back in the day and uh so it was like well then we better talk to your mom about that you know so we went and talked to her and she's like well if you guys do that i want nothing to do with it <laughs> <laughs> You know, she says, I'm done with that. So anyhow, I was like, let's do it, man. And uh, so, you know, he's 13 now. And we started when he was like six. So. Um, 17. 17. Yeah. So I would say a total of, you know, 17 years I have under my belt in it. Um, but consistency the last it'd be eight years like um and uh you know we started i we started off kind of buying some guy's collection you know um i bought this guy's collection that had cool recessive some g-stripe stuff in it you know um double head clown um ghost stuff in it you know and uh i think it was like 15 16 snakes i paid for and they were all breeders for 2k and um and recessive stuff yeah you know so we, we brought that in he was like hey man they're all ready to breed so i had a total of about 25 females we bred 25 females our first year i think it was in 2015 or something like that um and we had 25 clutches and Dang. needless to say <laughs> over and i was ready to quit already i can imagine bro like i to this day i haven't had uh 25 clutches i can uh, imagine 
not even close. So it was a learning experience, honestly, you know, to have that many eggs and to have that many hatchlings and, and never being able to ever have them before. So this was our first, you know, time. And we, and we had over, you know, 200 and something snakes, you know what I mean? And so the crappy part about it was, you know, we were just really learning about hatchlings. Cause I, even when I did the snakes back then, I never really had any, um, you know, I was just growing them all up back in the day, you know, so I never got to make any clutches. Um, mm -hmm. But see, so we have these, you know, two, 300 or 250 snakes is about, you know, and out of all of those, my friend, my wife had to assist feed 98%. So within saying that, that was enough to drive us into a man. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you know, um, it was like so you're saying 98% of all 25 clutches, yes, um, exactly. all of them. pretty much. Wow, so what I ended up finding out in the next following year was you know, I should have left my snakes in the incubator a little longer, you know, till their first shed and for all this stuff. You know, I didn't really have a bunch of people. That was guiding me, you know what I mean? So it was kind of much reading and, and all the investigation stuff, you know, doing it that way, you know, um, Google this, that, you know, and just trying to work it all out. But the next following year, um, I left my, after they came out of the egg, I left them in there for two weeks, you know, and I have never had to assist feed anything again, maybe 1%, maybe 1%, you know, of all the clutches I've had since then, I've had to assist feed. So it was a learning curve, but I'll tell you, like I said, that first that first round, man, was enough to make us all want to like throw our hands up in the air and like, we're done, <laughs> we're done. Yeah, that's a lot, man. A, having that many for like your first year and like, and then on top of that, having to assist feed so many snakes, because that, that takes a lot of time, a lot of work. It's a lot of like oh. stress for you and the snake, man. So that really says a lot about y'all to be able to kind of like push through that. Cause like me, I might have, I might have been done. <laughs> it was tough, man. But I wanted, to, I wanted to stay strong for my son and not let him see like, oh man, you know, I didn't want him to see the downside of things, you know, like oh yeah, crap, sure. this sure. sucks, you know. But I stayed positive. You know, my wife was right there helped us all through it, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I learned how to deal with it to where we don't have to do that anymore. And so life is wonderful when it comes to breeding on that side of it. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what's the collection look like now? What projects are you focusing on? Oh my gosh, man. That's going to be a long answer. Oh, <laughs> you, name, you name it and I'm probably doing it. Um, you know, uh, the newest stuff that I recently got into um, is paint. Okay, yeah, paint's real nice. My homie Matt uh, just got into paint a little bit, and he uh, planned to do like some big things with it. I really like it too. So yeah, I got I got a couple boys growing up right now, and I have a uh, stranger head paint breeder female right now. That's you know, if I had a even a head paint boy, I, you know, I'd, I'd put it to her and you know go for you know that one in four you know but yeah but i i have some visual boys growing up so i'll just i'll just hold on to her and not not waste her you know i'll just let her go 
until they, you know, get older. You know, I do a lot of um, Jaguar stuff now, Redhead, um, you know, Monsoon, okay. Sunset, um, Tri-Stripe, um, Hypo Puzzle, Hypo Puzzle all, Big in the Puzzle, um, Ultramel, you know, Pied and Clown in the Ultramel DG. Nice. Hypo Rainbow stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, my hands are in it everywhere. Um, you know, a little bit of everywhere. I'm focusing on really to, to make off the wall, you know, triple and quad hits. Gotcha. And so do the two of you, uh, do y'all collab on stuff? Like yes. Yeah. He's got five of my females down here right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Y'all want to share uh, what some of those joint projects are or is it top secret? No. Yeah, so um, he has a uh, lesser, what is it, an inch? Well, uh, pastel lesser G stripe yeah, female. Yeah. So, you know, I'm. I'm yeah, he won't tell me what he's putting to it. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I'm putting, I'm going to put my, I'm putting a Russo zebra into that. Oh, shit. And, <laughs> you know, to, Hopefully, be one of the first first people to make you know a uh, zebra G stripe down the line. You know, yeah, I don't think I've heard of anybody working that project. No, so yeah, so that that's that's one that I have going, and like like you know, like the um, sable clown is another, or stranger sable clown is another. Um, black black pastel head clown. Yeah, the black pastel head clown. I put uh, red stripe clown too. Okay. Um, and there's an, I know there's another one. Uh, yeah, but it's nothing crazy. Just a yeah. three gene female. Yeah. It's nothing just, just to make something cool out of it. So yeah, yeah just, some, just some cool stuff to make, you know, Oh, uh, my pro my project, the champagne. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, have you seen that boy I put up? Like half his body is washed out, half has like crazy pattern. No, I don't. I don't think I have. Is he on IG? Yeah. Um, is, it, is it recent? It's uh. So it's it should it's pictured on the reel I made. It looks like camera film that moves up and down. And it's on the Stone Age pythons, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so that, that mail came from a, um, so when I first got back in, I got an OD Firefly from Tropical Hut in Portland. Um, oh, I and see that's, it, yeah. read a lot of Orange Dream stuff, and uh, I produced a ton of Orange Dream stuff, too, like Firefly and Orange Dream stuff, um, but I took that same mail, and I bred it to a champagne that I bought in 2011, and I never got, I never got a chance to breed her. She wasn't to size... Um, before I got out in 2013. So I bred him to her and the craze that that boy came out. The the OD Firefly to a champagne. So there's something in that champagne. Even his sister isn't as crazy, but it's definitely a lot nicer looking. Uh-huh. But I just don't know what would do that to pattern. Like it, I, like some people have said DG, some said vanilla, some people said it could be a chimera. Uh so we're just 
we're bringing that back to the, to the champagne and she's ovulated yet yeah so the mom ovulated so we're getting babies from that boy back to the champagne okay and then i'm reading it to his sister um and ho we're hoping that something just crazy pops out right. and proves out to be uh i mean i don't know something new i know a lot of people are riding the new train but um if it's something really really cool that i can't be like yeah it looks like this that'd be ideal honestly that's uh yeah. one of my biggest projects we got going on yeah nice yeah that would be dope hey uh we're gonna take a real quick pause for the calls we're gonna get the sponsor video and then um when i come back i want to talk about like some of your like biggest challenges so far like through your breeding process we tapped into some of wayne's uh especially early on but let's tap into some of yours as well Peace and love, family. We invite you into the heart of our serenity, Ancestral Royal Pythons. At Ancestral Royal Pythons, we're not just breeders, we're nurturers of love and growth. Each of our high-end ball pythons is a tribute to the grandeur of the natural world and our dedication to quality. Reach out today and bring one of our creations into your home. This is Ancestral Royal Pythons. Your journey begins here. Here's to the exciting world of ebony and ivory reptiles. From unforgettable parties and events to keeping and hatching some of the dopest reptiles in the reptile hobby. We're all about education, quality, integrity, and respect. Hit us up and see how we can help make your next project a reality. Experience ebony and ivory reptiles, where fascination meets fun. Ebony and ivory reptiles. Man, you know what make a good clip is if you uh, do the ebony and ivory reptiles jingle. We can post that up. Ivory <laughs> reptiles. Man, I told I told Ebony and Ivory that. I'm like, that is my favorite commercial. He did such a good job on that. I'm always to myself, man. Even when I'm not listening to your podcast, it's catchy. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's real dope. Real dope. All right, bro. So challenges. Like, what have been some things that just kind of like kind of gut punched you? Um that's okay. That's that's a fair question. Um probably getting a partho clutch. Uh, was a gut because it was so stressful because I didn't know what was going on like why my eggs are dying like <clears throat> so I bought an inchy fire from a guy uh, like breeder female and she didn't go for two and a half years it was like one of the uh, first ones I bought like off of like morph market when I got back in was an inchy fire like 4,000 gram female 4,500 grams now probably but just humongous and I bred Breder and breder, and she ne she took never went. Uh, when she finally went, I got ten perfect eggs, and the babies uh, or the eggs started like I think like three molded out at first after like eight days, and then like I want to say what it, so it was ten total. I ended up with three, so then four more died at like the halfway point, and I'm just like stress and balls man like what am i doing wrong there's three other clutches in the incubator they're fine like the eggs had good veins everything was fine um and then by the very end i had three eggs left all three had like i i i want to say i cut them because i was like worried about them or something 
Um, but when I cut them, two of the snakes were like pure white and there was no, there was no pairing for it to be uh, a pure white snake. Um, those two white snakes uh, came out of the egg and failed to thrive, died, crawled out of the egg, died. And I left oh, wow. And one bait and the one baby that was left had one eye and it was probably 30 grams, like teeny, teeny, tiny. Like I assist fed it rat tails, like tried to get it going. And it just, it, it, after like two months, it ended up dying too. That was probably my, my biggest gut punch. I wouldn't say like the breeding aspect of it is challenging, but like the time, time management of it is the most challenging part with me with the kids and the full-time job and responsibilities for sure. Yeah, for sure. It can be hard to like kind of like balance everything, uh, especially like when you got like work, family and, and all that good stuff. And you don't want to shortchange anything. And so sometimes it's a balancing act. And I don't think it's ever like perfectly balanced. Like sometimes you might be more in one space and less in others. And sometimes you might be in a different space. And so it just you make it work. But yeah, it can definitely be a challenge. Absolutely. That's why I've kept my that's why I've kept my collection on the smaller end um i i'll max out at like 50, 58 breeder females and okay probably 80 hatchling rack spaces and i don't want to do i mean i'd be okay doing maybe like 15 clutches a year would be would be about what i'm shooting for maxed out yeah yeah that's that's manageable manageable like that's where we're at like this year and that seems to be like a manageable spot like maybe we can go a little bit more, but 15, help. I don't want to like jump into like a lot of them. Um, so that's why again, kudos to you, Wayne, because that's a lot to jump jump into early. Like I'm glad we kind of like it's been like a a steady build for us. Like the first year we had like one clutch, then the next year we had I don't know like probably like eight or nine clutches, and then this year we had about fifteen. Uh, I think we'll probably end up with seventeen because we got two more, so seventeen will be our total. And then next year we'll probably be in the same kind of range because I'm only gonna like do certain pairs next year. I'm gonna dial back a little bit. And so we'll probably be in like that 20 to 25 range uh for next year too. Right. And now, then is it, go is ahead. that or does Takara help you out too? <laughs> oh Takara Takara helps out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Takara helps out. Uh my son Mike helps out. And so that definitely makes it um a lot easier. Than it would be if it was just like me solo doloing it. Yeah, I'm I'm soloing it right now. I got my kids are too little, uh, but I, hopefully they'll they'll man up in a little bit and help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They or but like right now I just I can't, you know. Yeah, my son's like six two, so he's like taller than me. So he nice can reach set of hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice set of hands to work with. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's cool yeah. and it's, it's something to do together too. That's another cool thing about it. And then another cool thing just about like the whole thing in general is like like what we touched on earlier is just like meeting people, uh, making new friends, kind of building out that community. That community aspect, um, in my opinion, is, is huge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just um, I just built a bigger room. Um, so I told you about my smaller room in the beginning. I I built an eight foot by thirteen foot room and and put like. Uh, RV bench seat in it. So my kids, they'll sit there and I put a TV in there. My kids will come in and hang out. They're two and four. So it's like, they'll come hang out, watch cartoons. Well, dad does snake stuff or whatever. Or 
watch a movie or so that's it's part of the reason I did it was to have some hangout room. My other room, it was standing room only. I could bring like one person in it and yeah, show right. them some stuff. It was really cramped. So, and I, and I mean, I know I'm going to be in this long term. So I built a, a huge room, went all out. Um, yeah. Now we got hangout room. I love it. Are you breed rodents too, or how are you getting your rodent? Uh, so I don't breed rodents. I, I buy and I, uh, <clears throat> I buy from uh, a couple of people. And then I own part of a rat breeding facility that has oh, just nice. started to point where I get all my hopper mice for hatchlings for free. Um, and I get a handful of frozen thawed. I feed mostly frozen thawed, so I, I try and keep like six months at a time stored up. Okay. Okay. That, that was my biggest concern getting back in was feeding. I didn't I knew I wasn't gonna I mean I I bred rats at my house, my wife freaking hates it. It stinks, but it's like I've phased the rats out. No more rats. I just got the snakes. I have a couple of holding bins when I pick up live or whatever, but nothing. No more breeding at my house for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> so, uh, what's the what's the market like um, in y'all's area in terms of like are there like a and when I say market, I'm talking about like the rodent market, right? So, are there a lot of suppliers of rodents or you're going to kind of be like one of the only guys in town. How's that going to work for you? Um, so Paul is a big room. Um, he'd probably have more grass on it than, than I do. I just. Feed I, it's, it's funny because, you know, um, I'm kind of selfish when it comes to the rats and, and, and mice because I have, you know, 500 snakes of my own. And, you know, so, um, Within saying that, I want to make sure all my stuff eats first. If, if I don't have at least two weeks up front, not counting the week that I'm feeding, then I'm not going to I'm not going to sell. But my my rat operation so big now that and I have it dialed in to where, you know, it's heat during the, the winter. It's perfectly 74 degrees and it's air conditioned during the summer. 74 degrees so my stuff does not slow down so i don't have a problem selling rats at all you know um the truth of the matter is i have to tell turn people away sometimes because you know like i said there i have my three week supply of all sizes before i i sell off anything and i rotate my and when I mean rotate, like I don't keep my females that long. So, you know, they may breed, you know, for a couple months and then I feed them off and I replace them. So I replace my colonies constantly. Gotcha. So, so you know, that and which which makes my my rats much healthier and and they just produce all the time better that way. Gotcha. So you kind of get away from when they get older and their production starts to taper off, which affects your overall numbers, but you kind of got all of those occupying that space. So you rather have like ones that's popping them out like like crazy, get them in there, yeah. and then you work them out. That makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. that's exactly Yeah, and I don't let the males, like once the males reach, you know, over 200 and, you know, like 70 grams, they're gone. Cause all they do is eat, eat, and they're wasteful, you know. And you, you know, you don't need a male that just sits around and 
eat you out of house and home. Even though he's, <laughs> you know, even even though he's breeding them, he, he just sits around and gets fatter and fatter and fatter. You know what I mean? So I just, I like, I just, I replaced the male so much quicker. <laughs> so I've, I've never bred like Norwegians, but I know like with ASFs, you have to be careful in terms of like introducing like other like sexually mature ASFs. Is it similar? Is it not the same with the um with the Norwegians or or is it hit or miss? I really don't have a problem with you know like putting new females in with a colony or something like that. I mean, all my rats are handled so much, and and you know um, and I have an employee that goes through it as well, so you know they're being messed with on a daily basis so um no i i I think they really feel secure in their environment and and anything that i put in with them they've they've always taken to um i mean you might have an ins you know for instance you know maybe i I put one in there and it could have been sick or it could have been something and you know they'll wipe that thing out you know dog crap you know but uh, but you know, realistically, it, I, I really don't have that problem unless you know I, I you know it's it was sick or maybe it did try to eat somebody else's baby or something crazy. But the fatality of putting a, a female or a male in with another colony usually isn't you know bad. Gotcha. Yeah, I know. Like with the ASFs, so occasionally, like when I have like to, uh, colonies with like multiple males, sometimes the males they'll go back and forth, back and forth, and if one of the males gets beat up too bad. Like I'll just go ahead and like call him so he don't have to like live his life like all messed up like that. So I'd rather just call him. And plus, I don't want him to get like infected or infect the other ones too. And so it's just, in my opinion, it's just better just to go ahead and call him. And so I'll do that. Um, from time to time in my grow outs, for whatever reason, like it'll just be random. Like it's maybe happened like two, maybe three times in like the year and a half we've been breeding. Like sometimes like the grow outs, like they're just going like a like a massacre and like you'll look in the tubs and like it's just like what happened? Like nothing's changed. Everything's still the same. Like I don't know why, but like for whatever reason, like they're eating like two or three of their closest homies just eating them. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the males are they're 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 just evil, you know, um. You know, if, if if they think they're the king of the, you know, all the females in there, you know, they will. They'll fight to the death, you know. I, it, that's the only thing I do see on a serious note is if, you know, you accidentally put a male in there when you thought you put a female in there, you know, and you go in there later, you know, you're like, oh, crap, man. That was, <laughs> a, you know, and, and it's laying there. One of them, you know, didn't make it because, you know, they're fighting over the female. Yeah, I mean, I, that's in my whole back rack. I, I see, you know, I do see that as well. But it, like I said, it's because those females get to the point to where in some of those, you know, they're at that age, they're ready to, you know, get pregnant. And they're saying, like, man, that's that's mine. That's my harem, you know. You, <laughs> <laughs> How many colonies um, do you got? Oh, my gosh, man. I have, I have like 180 like 88 bins and they're all like uh four to one okay so almost 800 females close a little under 800 yeah and that's not counting like i got 
I have a big old freedom breeder um hold back rack or a um grow out, yeah. yeah grow out rack that's four level that's huge like each one of those could hold like three to four hundred rats in each one and okay. then I have huge round grow out um it's like a horse trough one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. what you get from like tractor supply yeah huge you know and i built screens over it and a feeder in it and all that and man dude i get i can hold you know 600 rats in that so so if you really want to figure it out you know i i have a lot more than that in females because you know we keep most of the females and the males are the ones that we all first you know what i mean gotcha yeah that makes perfect sense yeah. that makes perfect sense and what food are you using so I'm a distributor for um, Cruise. So uh, Cruise products, it's it's wonderful, man. Um, I used to use Missouri. Every time I bought pallets in Missouri, it was like a quarter of the damn bag was powder, and 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 when I poured on my stuff, it was like brittle and it'd break. Yeah, and that's the same thing happened to us. So this Cruise that I have is, man, it's a hard pellet. They have to, you know, break it off to eat it, work at it. And, you know, it's 18% protein, just like Missouri is. It's, and it lasts, I'm not going to exaggerate, it lasts twice as long as the Missouri. And it's a 40-pound bag, not a 50-pound bag, because and because you get no waste. Yeah, I could believe that. Like, that's the issue that we had with the Missouri was just, like, the waste uh, from it. Like you said, like, a lot of it was powder. And then like it gets cr it's crumbled up real quick, and so like you're like, ah, am I even really getting the yield that I need to get um, from this? And so we went to uh, the Combot 23% rodent diet feed, and so we've been using that ever since. And I feel like we get better yield from it. I just wanna uh, I wanna find a pallet of it, and I don't know like I've been calling around like with different like feed places and stuff like that, trying to get a quote on a pallet. Um, right. that's what I really want to do is get a pallet of it and, and kind of like have, have it on deck. And then obviously if you buy in bulk or in a lot of cases, if you buy in bulk, you can get like a cheaper, like per bag cost. And so obviously I want to reduce costs where I can. For sure. But yeah, you say it's called cruise. Is it yep. is that like a regional kind of brand or are they all across the States? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's shipped throughout. I want to say it's a, uh, Pacific North. I don't say it's it's not all Pacific Northwest because they ship throughout all kinds of places. But you know, I mean, check it out. It's cruise products. You know, um, check out their website. Yeah, and, uh, it's. I mean, it's their website. It's legit. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check that out for sure. For sure. True, Jesse. Starts with the K. K R U S E. K R U S E. Got it. Got it. Cool. So, Justin. Uh, if you were convincing someone to vote for you for 15 minutes of lame, uh, what's your elevator pitch? Why should they vote for you over everybody else? All right. Um, I, I think that a lot of the contestants bring, um, different positive aspects from the community and I wouldn't, I wouldn't dog anybody, but for me specifically that I just want people to know that I take this. I take this very seriously. I'm here long-term. I have long-term projects. Um, your question earlier about what I wanted to put into pie, I've been thinking about it. And 
Um, the group of the group of females I have growing up right now are um, a doublehead DG uh, DG clown, and I have a triple uh, I have an acid doublehead DG clown female. I have so you got uh, an acid doublehead DG clown female. Yep, um, and I have a, a blackhead uh, doublehead DG clown female. <laughs> Um, and a pastel triple head DG clown hypo female. Nice. And that's what I would like to put into my clown pipe stuff is the DG clown. So I just want people to know that I have long-term projects. I'm going to be here long-term and that your vote will be well worth it for me, for sure. I'll represent the community very well. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's, that's a dope project. And, and I think about that too, um, like what all I'm going to work into my pod project. And I'm still debating on some stuff, but I mean, it's a lot of genes that work really well in it, like Inchy, Leopard, Yellow Belly, like OD, like yeah. uh, that pinstripe stuff that I saw. Um, you obviously DG and Hypo, like I want to get all that in there. And so, like, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to continuing to work that lace, man, like those um, crazy uh, lace clown pod um, that Justin hatched. Um, I guess it was earlier this year, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, I don't have any lace right now, but I have a couple other ones I got to buy first, but lace is on the docket for sure. Yeah, lace is good. I got lace in one snake, and hopefully he can spread it around for me. Right. Yeah, inchy is um, – I have a lot of inchy in my clown pie stuff. I'm a real – I'm a low white pie guy, so the more inchy, the better. Um, yeah. I have um, the one really cool clown pie project I have that I know I'm like 99.9% .9 sure nobody else has it, but I just hatched out a clutch of uh, leopard inchy grim double hat clown pies. So I'm really grim double hat clown pie. I don't know if you've seen the Reaper or not, but the Reaper. Uh, so inchy kind of sucks with grim. It's hard to tell if it, if grim and inchy combos, but I think with soup, like a super inchy, uh, super grim, super leopard would be is is what I'm working towards. Um, but yeah, more inchy the better. Leopard's good in it. Um, but yeah, I just want to keep as much pattern in my clown pies as possible, so it's not like. So I, a lot of people say like, oh, it's muddled or whatever. Once you put so much stuff in it, but if you have enough pattern in it, man, you'll be able to you'll be able to see it. Yeah, yeah, inchy is like one of the keys too. Um, yep. Darren, answer your question. I didn't see it in person. I saw the video, but I don't remember seeing it at the uh, site visit, the uh, Lace Clown Pot. I don't remember seeing it there. Oh, you went to the, the Canova VIP thing? Yeah, yeah, that was dope, man. Um, I mean, obviously, like, uh, dope snake overload. Right. But what right. I'm, to be honest, my favorite thing that I looked at was the view from kind of like the back where it was like, overlooking the mountains like that was cool like me and takara sat out there for like 30 40 minutes or so just like chilling hanging out in the back right yeah our, our buddy um oregon exotic balls and rip city reptiles they, they were down there for that they said they had okay. a blast yeah it was fun yeah it was, yeah. It was a lot of fun sure. a lot of dope snakes obviously what's that yeah i could have went to that i just i had too much on my plate man i just went to tinley and then you know a show and then i was just like man i, I can't I, you know i was like I, I gotta stick around here and work for a while <laughs> that was me last year like last year i had like tinley and then i had a work trip that same weekend and so i couldn't do it last year and so i said i was gonna go this year and 
I didn't go to Tinley this year, but um, I did go there. That was my uh, de facto Tinley, I guess. <laughs> if anybody wants to bring me as their plus one to the Canova event, I'm, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was cool, man. Um, catching up with a lot of people and whatnot. Yeah, no, Tin Tinley was a blast catching up with people, man. Like I met, I met, finally met so many people I mess with on a on a weekly basis or talk to all the time. It's like it was, it was cool to put. It's cool to put faces to the logos, you know. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, I hate that I couldn't make it to Tinley because uh, that that's another spot to see like a whole bunch of people who you uh chat with and whatnot online. Daytona was dope. It was a lot of people at Daytona, so I got to catch up with a lot of people. Um, Me too. You were in Daytona? Yeah, I was in Daytona. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Small yeah. world. <laughs> Plan for like our group that we're in, our chat group or whatever that we're in, it's called the Wolf Pack, and we kind of like try and get as many people together to go to shows. So okay. our choice for 24 are either the CBRE show or the Daytona show. Okay, okay. I kind of want to go to, I want to go to Disney World and Harry Potter amusement park, so. I'm kind of banking on Florida. <laughs> yeah, definitely got to come to the Daytona show, man. It's a blast. It's a lot it different than Tilly. Um, like, it's a lot more spread out and whatnot. And yeah. so it don't feel as packed as Tilly, which for me, that's a good thing. Because, like, I like being able to, like, just kind of, like, chill and hang out. Like, it's a whole right. it's a whole different kind of, like, chill kind of vibe. I heard um, it's a and then <laughs> Say again? I heard it was a real big party atmosphere. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're right there on the beach, too. Yeah. And the water is so warm, man. It's like, oh, God. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love Daytona. I mean, Daytona is like, like two hours away from me, too. So it's like that's an easy show to hit every year. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. But I want to get out there to Texas to like, I guess it's what, Dallas now? It's not. Yeah, they moved it. Yeah. I want to get to that one. Uh, I want to get to some of the West Coast shows. Obviously, I want to get back to Tinley. So, I mean, it's just but it's only so much time in a day. So much time. You should come up to a Pack Northwest show. What shows? What big shows do y'all have up there? Uh, Pack Northwest is our biggest show. He does. Oh, about call the Pack Northwest show. Yeah. P A C N W S R R S. You mean like Seattle? Uh, so we have shows in uh, Seattle. Well, it's uh, Puyallup, but the Seattle area, uh, Portland, um, Met, you, you, Albany, uh, Albany, which is Salem. He's got he and does. Then, um, what is Hermes? Hermes Hermes no, uh, or, or uh, Yakima, I think. They did the Pac Northwest sponsored show. I think it was Yakima or Tri Cities, something like that. No, it was Hermes. It was it was starts with the H. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, they, they're all over uh, Oregon and Washington. Um, yeah, he vends every Pack Northwest show. I go and sometimes I have a table, but most of the times I'm helping him vend his table. And then we have a okay. uh, so that's a two day show, and then we have a, a, a one day show, and they do Seattle, Portland, um, Salem. Okay. And is there a pretty busy show circuit um, around y'all? Yeah, I think it's pretty busy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty mean, good show circuit for sure. We saw a lot nice, of animals. Nice, nice. Cool. All right, bro. So I know y'all got to get to the birthday party, so I don't want to hold y'all too long. But I do have some some wrap up questions before we let you get out here and enjoy the rest of your evening with the family and the kids and celebrating the birthdays and all that good stuff. 
Um, you guys can feel free to tag team these questions if you want. Um, I'll put the question out there and if you wanna if you wanna chime in on it, Wayne, however y'all want to do it. Uh, but the first one is if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Right where I'm at. Man, Texas for me, man. I, I want to be up there to where I can hit those shows every week. It's too hot. Too hot. <laughs> so I, I say right where I'm at for a reason, man. I always tell people, um, Oregon is so beautiful, man. Like I have, I'm an hour away from the ocean. I'm an hour away from high desert. I'm an hour away from the mountains to go snowboarding. Like literally we have everything you could ask for. We don't have bugs. We don't have hot, like we have a little bit of mosquitoes. We don't have uh, really that many biting insects that bad. We have not crazy humidity. It's comfortable year round. I know a lot of the complaints from people is the rain. They don't like the rain. It's depressing or whatever, but I grew up it's here. Man. I, I love the rain. Yeah, the politics of Oregon suck. <laughs> I'll digress. <laughs> nice, nice. And why Texas, you say? Because, man, you know, they're around those areas up there, there's a, there's a show every week. You know, I mean, yeah, I could be. How it is in Florida. I could be, exactly, I could be vending all, all these different shows all the time, man, you know, and it'd be a blast. Nice, nice. All right, so. If you won $10 million tomorrow, how would you use it? You know, honestly, bro, I'd be living just the same as I live today. Um, you know, uh, money money is just something that we need to live, you know. So I'm, I'm happy with the circumstances that I have and with, you know, the job that I have and, and everything that goes with it, you know. So... To win an extra $10 million, and it would just be like, you know, a cushion for me. Um, I, I I just, I'm one of those people that just, I can't stop doing what I do. I'm a go-getter. So, you know, I always have my hands in something. So, I mean, it would just be something that would just sit there unless I needed to invest it in snakes or something. <laughs> <laughs> The first day buying snakes. You know, we <laughs> no. Bro, $9 million in rental properties where I can establish a lower tax bracket income. I'd quit my job. I'd spend a million dollars on a facility and a collection. And I would focus on that. Nice. Nice. And then the last one, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and what? Man, I hear this question every every episode I listen to, man, and I always think about it. For sure, uh, without a doubt, one of them would be my great-grandma. I mean, I spent my whole life with her, but biggest positive impact on my life, and I freaking miss the hell out of her, you know? That would be the one. Uh, family. Um, I, hear, I don't know, man. I hear people say people all the time, like, yeah, that'd be a cool conversation. I think I really <laughs> I don't know if he'd want to talk to, but Genghis Khan would be a cool dude to talk to on, on what he did. <laughs> I was a guy, um, and I, I'm a real I love history, man. So like okay. maybe out for the great when he was 20 would be a good one to sit down and talk to. What's I mean, I guess you would ask him, how do you take over the world, bro? <laughs> 
No, I, I don't know. It's, it's just such, it was, we're so far removed from that time, man. It's like, I don't even know what a, what a, if, if he could answer any question that would play any role in today's society, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, he was the, he was the great for sure. Right. Well, I mean, if it was just one person in the whole world, I mean, that's that's just too hard. And I, I guess it'd be my mom, you know, on a serious note, you know, just just to sit down and have a conversation with her, you know, um, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to talk dead celebrities i think you would probably be all family all family members you know i mean but you know that that's my mom you know she's not here with me so i mean that that's why you know i i would i I miss her a lot you know and definitely i'd love to talk to her um but you know if it was somebody alive you know or actually actually he wouldn't you know it'd be somebody like you know stevie ray vaughn you know um i'm a musician so i mean I would, I would just Stevie Ray Vaughan. I think would be somebody awesome, or or even you know, Janis Joplin or somebody back then. You know, just okay. You know, uh, just to really see how they were. You know what I mean? You you have so many personas of people. You know, and you see documentaries, or you see this, and you see this. But how were they really? You know, when sure. when you're you're sitting and having a normal conversation you know what i mean so nice nice what do you play so uh i do a little of everything i sing i uh, play guitar but i am a drummer okay that's dope that's dope that's what's up yeah oh all right well so great answers tonight man great conversation man it was nice uh getting to know both of you um better so Definitely glad y'all jumped on with us tonight, man. Best of luck with the 15 Minutes of Lane contest, man. I see you out there doing your thing, man. I see you getting a lot of the uh, popular vote. Um, definitely take a page out of uh, Leviathan's book and make sure you appeal to the judges and whatnot. So, so you might want to hit them up about the documentary, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, for sure, man. I really appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, again, man, looking forward to chatting with you more in the future. And hopefully we can meet in person one day, maybe in Daytona next year. Or, <laughs> yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. sign me up, man. I'll buy you a drink. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm down for that, man. Um, Likewise, likewise. <laughs> Have a good time, man. Good time, man. Everybody that came out, check this out. Tonight on this bonus episode on A Different Night, man, really appreciate everybody sliding through. Always appreciate the support, man. Uh, appreciate all the feedback. Um, if you haven't, make sure you hit that like button. Um, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hook, smash that notification bell. Shout out to the replay game. Shout out to the audio only game, man. We appreciate all the support across all the platforms, man. It really means um, a ton. Uh, can you guys hang back for just a quick second? Yeah, of course. Cool, cool. Everybody else, thank you all for coming out. Be blessed. Peace. Cool, cool.